Wow. If you can be That's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. My highs, lows, my dark lights. Welcome, Millennial Mind family. Welcome back to the Millennial Minds Mental Health Podcast. I am your host for the evening, Brandy, and I'm super excited to be back. I know I feel like I took like a bit of a hiatus, um, but things have just been really busy for me um, doing work and school full time. But please do understand, I have not forgot about um, this very important show that I do feel a lot of listeners are growing by the day. And um, a lot of us do find it important. Um, so I'm really excited. Um, and please understand that so much more content is going to be coming um, forward in these next few weeks. So please do not lose faith in me. Continue to subscribe to all your friends and your family about this podcast show. I'm super excited because we are going to be continuing our men's series that um, I had dropped a couple weeks ago. Um, as you know, we had our first male um, on the podcast show, which was Kobe Cornell from Dallas, Texas. He did amazing. And this this day, today, this week, I have another amazing um, Black millennial male um, on the show with us today, and he's going to be sharing with us so many amazing things. Um, I'm really excited to hear from him. Um, we both went to school together at TSU. We were in some orgs together. Um, he's really amazing, and I'm super excited just to hear from him because um, it's been a while since we both spoke, um, but it's just I'm blessed to have him on the mic with us. Um, but yes, we are back with the men's series, bro. We go through it too. So this again is super, super dedicated to all the millennial males and the black millennial males, um, that are, you know, with us and that are out there. Um, this is really for you, but also ladies, this is for you just as well. Um, again, like I said, on the last episode, um, with the series of episode one of bro, we go through it too. Um, this is for us to learn about what our men need, what they want, what they are missing and what they need for the future. Um, so this is very much still for you. So please don't click off. Um, but I'm going to just get into it. We're going to be talking about a lot of great things today. Um, Greg Harvey Jr., um, who is our guest today, um, is on the phone with us. So I'm going to turn over to him here in a second and let, allow him to introduce himself, um, share whatever he wants to share um, as his introduction piece. Um, and he then is going to give us a bit of just um, uh, just an intro and just insight into you know, what made him want to um, come onto this platform. You know, a lot of times talking publicly about mental health, it is happening more now. It's becoming a bit more normal, but that doesn't mean that we need to stop and slow down. We still need to continue to talk about it. And these are the kind of conversations and the type of things we need to be doing. Um, social media is great, but conversations, it needs to be out loud, face-to-face -face, or through a podcast. Um, again, the combos need to be had, need to be spreading. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to Greg. Greg, thank you so much, sir, for being on here with me. No problem. Um, no problem. I miss you. <laughs> I miss <laughs> you forever. <laughs> but no, but please go ahead. Tell the world who you are. Give us a, um, where you're from, what you do. And just, yeah, like if you're from your journey with mental health or just where you stand as a black man, as a millennial, just let us know. What's up? All right, man. Yeah. Um, my name is Greg Harvey Jr., a uh, small kid from Palm Bluff, Arkansas. Graduated from Tennessee State University with a degree in liberal arts. Um, I came on the show uh, because I wanted to talk about how um, psychological warfare, systemic oppression uh, can cause mental disorders in black men and black women. Mm -hmm. um, and I've experienced this because I think it was uh, I crossed 
Omega Sci-Fi 2017, that summer, uh, I had a run in with uh, with the justice system. Mm. So, and that that's a long story that uh, that I really don't feel like getting into. But that whole process just really weighed on me mentally. You know, it caused me a lot of stress. You know, um, they didn't have any evidence of me doing anything. Uh, the the charge was ag uh, aggravated assault. Uh huh. Okay. They didn't have anything. You know. To justify or uh, solidify what I've done, what I did, or what they claim I did, but because I was in a white county, white judge, I was going up against a white man. Mm -hmm. I feel like that the system failed me as a mm -hmm. uh, as a human being, not giving me, you know, that fair, uh, that fair, uh, like chance, chance, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So they didn't give me that fair chance. So. Uh, that that really weighed on me a lot. That stress weighed on me a lot and put me into a, a depressed state. Like I I really was at one point in time. I was drinking every day, smoking every day. You know, uh, contemplated suicide on numerous occasions. Uh, uh, you know, like I ain't. I mean, I don't really see the sadness in it because uh, what helped me come out of that was uh, knowledge and um, realizing who I was, you know, and where I came from and yeah. the the um the strength that my people had, you know, throughout history. So uh yeah, that's pretty much, you know, my story. You know, you just gotta be able to take the good with the bad and uh, you know, uh understand duality. You can't live life without bad things or or good things. If there wasn't any bad things, you wouldn't know what good was. Or if there wasn't any good things, you wouldn't know what bad was. So it's just it's just a uh, full circle. Like everything is full circle. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for one just just sharing that again. Um, I, I I don't even sometimes hearing this. And like you said, I know you said you didn't really hear you didn't really see the sadness because you were able to come out of it. But it's just it's tough. And, I, and I'm already assuming it was tough for you. You know, being depressed is real. That feeling and that emotion can take over your body and your mind so fast. And I know listeners who are struggling with it right now have gone through it or will go through it. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll know that, you know. We'll definitely know that. But I, we talked about that, I think, on another episode um, prior to the men series, you know, when the George Floyd um you know death not saying it that it's old because i'm not gonna minimalize such a tragic and horrific crime that we were able to watch on television mm -hmm. um but you know some time has passed but i did an episode kind of in dedication of that the systematic racism and i like to ask like my male friends associates strangers whatever you know how you guys really feel and and what it is like to actually go out and be a black man sometimes and to know that you automatically it's a lot it's 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 for everybody too black women as well we automatically have things counted against us but with you guys being black men you guys have like an extra level of already pre-assumptions on you from mm -hmm. how you look what you drive what you do mm -hmm. and like you said you're running with the justice system showed that tremendously not saying that we are 
we thought that oh this really is just only in this city or this state no it's not you know it's happened to you um so really kind of for a quick moment of course not so much about your case because you know, again that you know there are certain things you want to discuss you don't want to share um with certain stuff but when you went through that depressed state and the having the suicidal ideation you know what was that like you know did it feel like you were alone like if you can give us a brief you know insight about how you really were at that moment uh, yeah, I'm glad you asked that um, because it, it was hard. It, I did feel like I was alone in it. Um, even though, you know, I had my sister uh, who who tried to help a lot uh, through those problems, it was hard because, you know, uh, a lot of black families don't really uh, acknowledge depression. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a problem because... Uh, a lot of us do experience depression. You know, it's, it's, I'm not gonna say it's inevitable, but stuff happens, you know? Yeah. And you get into a mental state that you really are not familiar with. And, you know, it could it could lead to, you know, suicide or uh, addictions or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, like I, I did uh, for a minute feel like I was alone because I say I took that upon myself to make myself alone because mm. I didn't want to put my troubles on anybody else. Uh, I didn't want to seem weak. Uh, I didn't want to seem soft or, you know, mm. uh, emotional, you know, it, and it's, it's hard for black men to, uh, to show those things in this, in this world. And, uh, right. you know, um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, it's sad, but, um, it is what it is. You know, um, it's just the way that the world unfolded. Right. Uh, so, um, and sorry about me saying um a lot. I'm just you're fine uh, in my mind. You know, trying to think. It's but, okay. <laughs> um, we all say was, um. Everybody, listeners, y'all know we say um. So <laughs> don't even come with my boy. He's saying um. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's uh, it's like uh, what I, I had something on my mind. It was uh, uh, you said how does. How does it feel? Like mm-hmm. Yeah, like I mean, my biggest thing was that I really don't care how anybody outside of the black community sees me, or you know how they, you know how they feel like, or uh, what they feel like, or they who think I know they know who I am, you know. Yeah. Just based off of uh, stereotypes or you know whatever they put in the media so uh it's more so you know i want black women you know to understand that uh that there are black men out here that feel emotion you know black men out here that want to feel emotion that want to uh be able to have somebody to talk to and it's not it's not a black woman's job to do that by all means but a black woman is the only one that even has the a chance of understanding mm. anything that a black man goes through. So because they they feel those same things or experience some of those same uh, those same uh, experiences. So right. uh, that's really like the only thing that I really just want to get across is that like I just want black men and black women to stop you know stop the battle like 
who's more oppressed and who's dealing with the most this and that. We all dealing with whatever. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. like let's be there for each other and allow each other to be open to one another and uh allow each other to be there for each other. So like we just gotta be a community again. We we lost that that village mindset. Cause mm. I remember growing up, you know, I always heard the older, you know, our older uh family elders. members saying, Yeah, our old elders, you know, saying uh it takes a village. And by right. all means, it does take a village because when I say everybody in my family had a hand in raising me, they did, and I love them for that. But I don't see that you no know, uh as often, you know. So that's the biggest thing. Now I feel like uh that's one of the like later things that we're gonna talk about, but uh that's how I feel like we can combat, you know, this uh depression that the black community uh, experiences. No, and I, I agree wholeheartedly with a lot of what you said. You said so many great things. I actually was trying to like write them down just so I made sure in the back of my mind, you know, that I, I remembered them. I really want to back up to the part in the set um, before we continue, like with um, the few topics um, that Greg has sent me, guys. He sent a lot of great things that he wants to talk about, which we are going to try to try to squeeze in every last bit of one um, in the hour and thirty minutes that we have. But um, I think. The first thing I really want to shine light, and ladies, this is again why I told y'all to not tune out. I know I said this is a men's series, and this is really dedicated to our millennial men and black men. But nonetheless, though, again, this is just as important for us, for the ones, and even for people outside the black community who do like or have black friends or date black people, whatever it may be, if you just simply want to just enlighten your knowledge and actually kind of step into our world a little bit that is perfectly okay so you were able to see okay wow this is something different i didn't know about this community at all um you had said you did during that time you feeling depressed and suicidal you felt you know you didn't want to tell others and and pour too much of what you were going through on people that you know loved you and that in your support system you could because it will make you seem weak it'll make you seem soft it'll make you seem just not a man yes. and i've had so many conversations made with males and females about how that right there is a stigma a a gender stigma mm -hmm. placed on all males and then millennials and then black men if we want to get more specific as we, you know go down or go up the ladder that is a stigma because that is why I've, I have friends, male friends that like, it's so, it, it, you, you see, I see it in you guys so much. Like when y'all are down or stuff is a lot going on, if, we, if, I, if I ask as a friend or whatever, how you doing or what's going on, man, it's, they, they might explain it, but it's real to the point and they're like, hey, don't worry about it. It'll be all right. It's fine. It is what it is. And it's not. And sometimes we as women, as the sister, as the cousin, as the wife, as the fiance, as the girlfriend, as the mother, as the stepsister, for anything, whatever relation you have to that black millennial male, it needs to be way more normalized that we give these men the opportunity to say and speak and act how they feel if they are feeling stressed, if they are feeling suicidal, if they're feeling depressed, if they're feeling anxiety, because all of these things happen. But for y'all, you know, at such an early age, especially if you have a male figure, but even if you don't, a lot of y'all have that role of 
my dad was around or if he was around, I still, he, you know, he was teaching, teaching me to be the man of the house or he was super hard on me. Either way, I feel that all of y'all have in common. You at some point met a male in your life that told you, you got to be the man. Like right. you don't let no other person run your household or right. try to tell you how you're going to be, what you're going to do. You know, you have to be a man. You got to be strong. Like, you know, we had to just, again, break it down and water it down. It's just like when a, a, a boy, a boy toddler or a boy child and a girl child ride a bike. When the daughter fall off or the girl fall off, it's fine. Daddy's there to wipe your leg. You can cry a little bit. But if you a boy, boy, you can get up. Can't get up back up on this bike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. it is that kind of conversation. Again, again, the parent whoever's helping the child ride the bike obviously loves them. I would assume is trying to help them. But with a boy, ain't no son, no dad gonna let them sit there and cry for five, ten minutes. Get up, you get all up. right. You right. know, and that's so and I get it at that point, but you have to be very we have to be very mindful of how we are continuing that that lesson and that rule of you'll be all right. Just just brush it off. Just come on. Like, you don't need to go talk to no counselor about it. You don't need to go join no support group if you're not into counseling. You know about it. That has to stop because that is why so many of our black men are hurting out here or are 27 and 26 and are in the millennial age bracket and do not feel comfortable or let alone do not know how to healthily in a positive healthy way express themselves and ladies some of y'all like we're guilty of it we don't create the space for our men to be able to do that some of us do and then some of us don't some of us are neutral some of us just lost in the sauce like you didn't even know your man was hurt you know or you didn't even know that your dad went through that so i think moving forward we really have to create a space as women that's why i like that greg ended what he said in the way of that i want black women to know that y'all are a really big reason and a really big opportunity for us to be able to feel how we feel and I'm going to be real a lot of us spend time on social media I think whether you have a business or whatever your purpose is for having social media accounts follow accounts of either couples or individuals and even in uh, men follow ladies you know powerful black ladies who are psychologists I have tons of accounts that I'm following now licensed social workers things like that but follow people who are giving you the opportunity or creating platforms and spaces to say our men are hurting too and we have to be able to give them the space to be able to talk about it and if it's not if they're not at the counseling level yet like Greg I don't know if you consider counseling or you are thinking about it but it really can start in the home or with the relationships you do have with the women and ladies that's us so begin to to incorporate a new routine and system in your life for the men that you deem to be important to you we need to do that you know i try to check in with my friends how i can now of course i try to be polite about what they're going through especially if i'm not super close with them or if i know the topic that they are going through is very sensitive or that situation you need to be able to still just check in with them and i know a man said it already twice creating the space for them is the first key step and i really feel like once we create the space for y'all to feel comfortable and to be like yo my girl is not gonna judge me if i cry today if these men are crying please do not tell them to suck it up and get out their feelings especially if it's something that is important now that irks my nerves when i hear that have i said it before yes but i feel like in the context i was using it was valid but if you know your man is hurting if he's been working and providing and doing a lot of things for himself or you or the women that he finds to be important in his life or whatever the case may be or even if he's just a single man and just trying to get by himself give him the opportunity as the friend or whatever to be able to be like look you can breathe 
you can say that today's not your, a good day for you. You know what I'm saying, Greg? Like, yeah. you can say that I'm not happy. I'm having a hard time with my thoughts. I'm feeling really different right now. I'm, and I like that you said another thing. I'm sorry that I'm rambling. I'm gonna give you your platform to speak on your questions, but I gotta get this out. You know, you have to. You said you were drinking more smoking. I'm gonna create an episode for for marijuana and joints on a different day because I know how folks feel about their blunts. So I'm gonna just wait because I know I'm gonna get a lot of heat. And backlash and talking a lot of people that want to be on this show when it comes to that episode. Um, but you know, like you said, you were increasing that. You know, that's these are some of the signs, ladies and other and gentlemen. These are the signs sometimes when you know if that's part of your your lifestyle. I'm not here to tell you what is right for you and what is wrong for you. I'm not Jesus, and I'm not a ruler of the of all. You know, but at the same time, these are some of the signs we talked about in way past episodes of how you need to be alert and how you maybe can tell that step that your man or whoever is not right. Something's going on. Like he doesn't do this as, this much. He's never shut down like this. He's never isolated himself like this. He's not picking up the phone. You know, and I and I love that you said all those things. How you said it, and even even if it wasn't in the right order. All those things matter. And it, again, it, it just really comes down, I think, to y'all feeling that y'all have this space. And I feel like y'all don't feel like you have this space. And that yeah. is sad. And that's not fair because I know for a fact, women, we have the space. We got the time. We have the girl wine nights. We got the lunches. We got the brunches. We make time to exhale <laughs> and vent. So we all seen exhale the movie. We make time to exhale, you know, and the, our men need the same thing, you Man, know. Society don't let us have that time for sure, not they it, definitely it's, don't. It's so many things that men feel like they have to do. Like you, you gotta be successful, man. You gotta have this amount of money in your pocket. You gotta have this status. You gotta, you know, it, it's just so much that the men have to deal with. You know, um, like a lot of stuff that I see on social media, like. Uh, I see a lot of women saying stuff like, uh, "If he can't buy this, I don't, he ain't for me," or something. You know, something along them lines. I'm just like, bro, I'm 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 23. <laughs> what I look like flying you all the way around the world, and we we ain't even married yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, I still got stuff I need to work on. I still gotta get my my businesses and stuff in order. You know, like it's not a, it's not the fact that I'm not working on it. It's just that I haven't gotten there yet. So, you know, I, I always try to say like, don't let you know somebody's financial status or uh you know determine whether you pick them or not you know and that that weighs on men that weighs a lot on men too i feel like um because it's like we we feel like we got to live up to a certain standard that you know uh that is it's kind of hard to reach especially in the society that we live in and i Greg, you are just, oh my goodness, you are like in my mind because <laughs> this is really part of your guest on this show and I want to give you all the time for you to say everything. Um, but I have to just agree and speak on it because I'm just very glad that you have spoke on that. Mm -hmm. Ladies, again, and I think this is it's still, again, it's for men too um, on what I'm about to say. That is very much true. And again, I've had this conversation with many men. And I ask that, you know, and we openly have conversations. Ladies, you cannot sit here and say, it's fine for you to have what 
and have a list or know what you deserve. That's for everybody. That's just a given. You have a divine right to know what you deserve and you have a right to not lower your standards if you know that is not going to push you forward and make you better. But I don't find it fair that you are attaching dollar signs or that you are putting your standards at a level for men to be like, if you do not have this X, Y, and Z, and just be mindful sometimes. I'm not gonna say age matters about everything, but just be mindful that everybody's not in the same spot as you. But, because I wanna be kind of careful about how I go about this, because there's so many different ways. But still, nonetheless, though, just be mindful of how you cancel a guy out. If you have a six-figure bank account, sis, I get it. I know you don't wanna maybe the next little brother that got three, that's got working three figures. I get it, and you have a right to be like, you know what? great guy but not for me but don't be that sister that's or that female that is like he gotta have six figures but do you have six figures let's just talk about it like let's talk about your bank account because if i bet we start crunching numbers and start showing numbers in everybody's bank accounts folks gonna be a little salty they just saw because you know what it's like mine should be way more better than it is but i'm getting there you know but it's it's not fair as a woman that you know and ladies i'm not coming for you i'm still very much on y'all side but we're gonna just be real we're gonna be transparent we're gonna be we're gonna be real about this that's not fair you're putting a lot of stress on these men to be like if you want to get with me you got to have x y and z in this order and you can't slip but and that's fine you have a standard that's great you know because when men get serious or if they find you on a level they probably want you to have some standards because they already mess with the girls that don't got standards right, right? right. but it's like hold on a minute now do you I'm have working on it you know what i'm saying like I'm, <laughs> I'm working on it like i understand like you you want to you want to be able to travel here and there and eat at this place and drive this type of car and wear these type of clothes like i get it i do too but i'm working right. on it like it, it's like the dollar sign shouldn't be the only the determining factor look at what else even if you do have six figures in your bank account congratulations right. if the dude don't look at what else he can bring you to the table is he loving you right, right. is he treat you know what i'm saying he doing all everything right you know is he trying is he does he have ambition you know what i'm saying is he really working on something like that's what I want uh, a lot of people to realize like it's it's not about what you have like the money ain't gonna bring you no happiness like at all it's not like I, I try to tell people all the time like bro if I had a million dollars right now bro I would still if I had a million dollars in every girl I could ever want bro I would still want to find a wife you feel what I'm saying like bro I don't I'm cool on all that I just want somebody that's gonna be my partner and ride with me through the through the hard times and the good times like bro as soon as something get hard you know women and men they get to running like bro why you you know and then people say relationships don't work like they used to just because everybody think that people should be at a certain status before mm. it's time for them to be there you know what i'm saying like we all on we all on god's time it ain't yeah. time. god ain't told me it's time for me to be a millionaire yet you know what i'm saying it ain't time for me to have six figures in my bank account yet it's not my time you know what i'm right. saying and it's a lot of it's a lot of here that are millionaires you know what i'm saying six finger bank accounts or whatever it may be like and, I, and i'm proud of them but it was their time you know what I'm right. saying? It's like you just gotta let things progress you know look deeper into the situation and not just oh man he uh he's still rocking adidas and ain't got on the mcqueens or whatever you know what i'm saying like it's just it's not about the status it's about the heart you know what i'm saying the mind like but uh 
we I ain't come here to really just get into that. You know what I'm saying? I really just want to talk about uh like you know the the mental the mental effect that it has like that can cause yeah. an anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm so anxious. Like right now, I even still to this day experience anxiety because I'm like so anxious to get to a certain point, but it's like it's just not time for me to be there yet. You know what I'm saying? Like. I still yeah. still got other things that I need to work on before I get to that point, but I feel like I'm rushing it because it's is other people my age that's already made it, or you know what I'm saying. I feel like I need to be at a certain status before I talk to a certain girl or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like I see, I ain't gonna lie to you. I see girls on social media all the time, and I just be like, hey, bro, she she's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Like she, I really like to get to know this woman, mm. but you look at their page and they in they in you know dubai or you know whatever and you just like damn i ain't got the money to be taking her to no dubai or no whatever so i'm gonna just sit back and I ain't gonna shoot my shot and that kind of mess with you like you know it make a man feel like i ain't good enough you know what i'm saying and i may mm-hmm. i may be the only one feeling like that you know what i'm saying everybody don't feel the same thing but you know that's that's the type of you know that's what i came to talk about like the mental effect that uh that the norms can have on uh on men and women so yeah of course and i think like with you what you said that's a perfect segue into like the first category and some of these topics we're going to talk about y'all are kind of all going to run in together and how we talk about them is just how we talk about them. um yeah it's a full circle kind of thing so i know one of the first things um greg did want to discuss was what causes mental disorders in the black community and real quick before i kind of list what i found and what i think is we can go on this one all day when I list it. Um, but I wanted to back up for a quick moment that with what from Greg's story, um, you know, when he shared about suicidal ideation. And I did some research prior to our, our, our recording of the, of the show. Um, and on the mental health, uh, uh, mentalhealthamerica.org, it has a fact, um, a fact under, um, you know, a list of kind of like a small article um, that showed and broke down mental health um, in the black community. And this fact is coming from the National Survey on Drug Use and Health um, from a 2018 study. And it says that suicidal thoughts, plans and attempts. Again, y'all, that it's not just attempts. It's just suicide. You can think you thinking about it, considering it. Today, tomorrow, whatever, that is all still part of suicidal ideation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so it says suicidal thoughts, plans, and attempts are also rising among black and African American young adults, millennials, um, while still <laughs> lower than the overall US population age 18 to 25, 9.5%, which is 4,039 of black and African Americans, um, 18 to 25 year olds had serious thoughts of suicide in 2018 compared to 6% in 2008 um, and 3.6% made a plan in 2018. So, you know, I know we're in 2020, but if we still kind of just do some basic math and just look at things in a whole perspective view, that's not that long ago. I graduated in 2018, you know, so um, from college. um, And this was compared to 6% in 2008, like I said, and so if you just look at some of those numbers, guys, and where we're at, and I can, again, find more studies as we, as we progress with this men's series, that still are some alarming numbers. And that is a problem. And, you know, obviously, Greg had it in this time, 
but just imagine where people were at in 2018 and where the numbers can be now and we've had a national pandemic and a whole murder on tv and the slaying of black men back to back week to week you've that yeah of women too and you can now just kind of imagine where numbers are at where from conversations you've had with friends that you know are struggling with mental health or even if it's you you know not say that you are a statistic but you could definitely be applied to that number and just what needs to change right so we're segueing off into what causes mental health disorders in the black community and it was a whole list Greg, but I'm going to add, this is going to be the first one. There are so many causes of why mental health disorders happen amongst millennials and the African-American community, guys. I'm going to list the number one culture. <laughs> culture, to me, is just a really big contributing factor. But just to give a few um, examples, slavery was one, poverty, mm-hmm. the your socioeconomic status, the amount of money you bring in, Greg just hinted on that as a man incarceration yeah i'm sure we all got something to say on that whether it was you or somebody you knew um homelessness unemployment mm. um race-based exclusion from health care or mm. health facilities and services um the justice system like it just goes on and on and all that I, falls under one topic yeah <laughs> It all falls under psychological warfare and system systemic oppression, man. Like it's it's just like it, it all comes in there. This ain't this ain't something that we did to ourselves, man. Like yeah. that's the only thing. Like I just want more people to educate themselves on psychological warfare. Like um, you ask what causes mental disorders in the black community. I personally feel like that the main reason is or the main reasons are um post-traumatic slave syndrome or systemic person and or psychological warfare so yeah it's just and all those things that you listed fall under those that category so yeah it's just it gets deep <laughs> you know like i just uh it's the system that we live in that, that i feel like is causing these things um so we're gonna go ahead and just move into um our topic of psychological warfare so before I let Greg speak on just how he feels about about that, I looked it up because I wanted to make sure because I necessarily haven't always um, referenced that term a lot or just used it a lot. So I want to make sure I gave our listeners and the audience just, you know, obviously correct facts. And um, for those who don't know what psychological warfare means or don't use it in our everyday you know, choice of words, you know, you can have an understanding. So when you look at the definition of psychological warfare, you're talking about actions intended to reduce an opponent's morale. And I even simplified even more so we have an understanding of what that really means. So we talk about somebody's morale, you're talking about their, their confidence, their enthusiasm, and their discipline as a person, right? And I also researched further of how it was actually used. And what I got was it says induce confessions or to reinforce attitudes or behaviors favorable to the originator's objectives, right? So pretty much to reduce what you possess, your confidence, your enthusiasm, your discipline to more of what I want and how I see things should go. I call the shots, right? And it even said that at times combined with black operations and how I was like, yo, and they, and they actually had highlighted the operations part after black. 
And so, you know, at that point, I really got into my thinking cap and was like, dang, what's that mean? You know, like, ooh, I don't know. <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, and it furthered it to meaning, you know, to aim to depress the enemy psychological state. So you're really using tactics to really put somebody in a bad space mentally to, you know, reduce them down to make them feel almost like belittle, you know, Greg, belittle and to yeah. have them work in your favor of whatever you feel is necessary to benefit you. So Greg, this was your question. So in your experience or however you want to, you know, you want to run with this psychological warfare, what has been, you know, your experience or how do you feel about this? What do you have to say? Oh, so psychological warfare is like, to me, uh, is one and the same with systemic oppression. Mm -hmm. Like things are set in place, like you said, set in place so that uh, a certain people can't read confidence or a certain point of success uh, or a certain level of success. So uh, it's, it's just a war on your mental, literally a war on your mental state, which can easily cause depression right. or whatever. You know, and it, it falls into, you know, red line, the Jim Crow laws, discrimination uh, when it comes to trying to get a job. Because I know black women are not hired at the same rate as anybody. Black men are not hired at the same rate as anybody. It's harder for us to get in those higher positions than any other, you know, race or demographic. You know, it's just uh, all those different type of things. They use the media against us, uh, showing us they don't really show um you know successful black people mm. in the media you know unless it has something to do with their their work and i i use i wrote down some notes and i'm gonna use beyonce jay-z and master p as an example okay the only time you ever hear about jay-z and beyonce is when they drop some music or if they just reached a uh or if they bought something or you know unless you're really looking into it yourself right uh you don't really hear about master p like that and he is literally a living legend like dude came from the dirt right you know what i'm saying like that's another successful black man that we could look at and be like man i want to be like him but instead you show people like people on love and hip-hop you know we looking at people yelling at people and fighting in, in public and all that different type of stuff that you got uh one of our you know one of a lot of people like you know our generation grew up listening to kanye west look at him now and they plastering him like on everything like you see him all day on social media right. you know what i'm saying and you know another part of psychological warfare is like the lack of resources war on drugs that started in the 80s like why why is there it's a war on drugs but drugs are only in the black community well not they're not only in the black community but the black people are the only ones that are getting arrested for them you know what i'm saying right like that's another part of the systemic oppression or psychological warfare um psychological warfare also promotes self-hate you know what i'm saying like mm. it's just different it's, di it's different things like we you know i say promote self-hate because you look on the you look you watching tv or whatever and you just like bro why black people acting like this like you know what i'm saying you growing up and you see black people acting a certain way it's just like bro i can't even i ain't even trying to be on that you know or you looking on the news and all you see is black people getting arrested and you just like bro i don't, I don't even want to be associated with that right but it's, it's just different things that have been set in place like uh one thing i, I was watching a um a documentary it was a series called uh uh hidden covers um uh, and i forgot the guy that uh started 
that his name is I'm gonna have it for you in just a second. Hold on. It was started by Tariq Nasheed. Now I don't know his credentials or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. But what he's saying in there, like what he said in the documentary and all the people other people that he involved, it really touched, you know, touched me. Like, why is there why is there so much color hidden? You know what I'm saying? Like, uh we never were, you know, taught, you know, like in the history books in school, you know, it starts our history starts in slavery. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or or right before, you know what I'm saying? They don't really talk about how successful, you know, we were in the uh hermetic times you know what i'm saying or hermetic right. times like they don't really talk about that and even then in the slavery times they don't talk about all the slave rebellions you know the people that were really trying to get us out of that situation they don't talk about those the only one you really hear about is nat turner yeah you really hear about how peaceful uh martin luther king was you don't really hear about his uh his un- quote unquote violent side you don't really hear about that you only hear about how peaceful he was and how he was trying to integrate and all that stuff but it's just different uh different ways they've been they've been trying to form our mind you know the way they want it to be formed yeah um so that's what like uh how psychological warfare really just affected me you know because i you know i've experienced those things where i look back in my hometown palm bluff and it's literally you know failing school systems you know uh buildings you know barely kept up you know and we don't we don't get the funding that uh different areas get you know like look at uh we we went to tsu look at that area right around tsu you know it's, it's being gentrified like crazy like yeah. i was driving down the street the other day saw a house barely standing and then right next to it it's a three-story newly built you know house or whatever and it's just like why are y'all trying to kick us out of our own space? Like, yeah, it's just like it's, it's it's a constant thing. So, yeah, yeah, and you you said a lot of great things. Um, and I think what really stuck out to me, and I actually did some some research again, uh, which I think research is so key, guys. I want to be actually getting um a lot more into the research and providing you guys a lot more stats and statistics and facts. Um, you know, I. I obviously try to do it every episode, but uh, I think in this series, you need some numbers. You need some things that's really going to stick and resonate with you guys so that you can understand and actually be able to look them up yourselves and see, wow, and and even encourage you to, to look up stuff like this. That this is not part of your normal routine of what you research and what you choose to feed your mind and read. This, is, this could be a great start, learning some facts about either if you are part of the African-American community or if you are part of the millennial community in general, these things can be researched and looked up. And what Greg said, as far as when it comes to unemployment, now this one um, kind of more is is touching on for more of you millennial males, not necessarily women in this category, but uh, he does still make a, a, a very good point that in general, we face a lot more obstacles when it comes to employment, which can be which is linked to the psychological warfare because some of these owners and and entrepreneurs and CEOs or whatever are trying are using the system to not work in our favor when they know we are more qualified than Jonathan. We're more qualified than him, and and Jonathan is a unisex, and you know it can be used for both gender names. But I'm just gonna throw one out there. But you know that we are where 
you know my GP. We have the same GPA, but you know when it comes to the extent of experience, which I we all learn with the bachelors and just in general, these jobs keep telling you you need more experience, you need more experience, you need more experience. Well, I have that, and you still didn't hire me. Um, right. But from something I looked up again, because that's what kind of resonated with me when he said unemployment, and this is from the American Psychological Association um, dot org website. And this is black male millennial unemployment and mental health. And just like you guys understand, you know, this is a pretty relevant study, a pretty recent study. Um, millennials, we make up about 25% of the U.S. population. And I'm going to obviously assume that's gone up a little bit more. But that's kind of where we stand um, as far as um, as far as our generation and how much we are part of the, part of the population. When it comes to unemployment for rates for minority males, according to the recent um, you know, APA report, um, again, APA stands for American Psychological Association, right? Uh, minority men applying for low-wage jobs are less likely to be called for interviews. That's number one. Number two, less likely to receive employment. And three, less likely to be offered a front-of-house job involving customer service. So it says in bold, amongst these low-wage earners, job security, job stability, and non-wage compensation that provide an improved quality of life have all declined tremendously, right? And I'm just going to further this real fast and we'll move forward. Um, the un- it has a, a section where it says the unemployment rates for males between the ages of 20 and 24, right? Now, of course, uh, the generation, you know, a millennial generation kind of starts around like 23. Uh, but nonetheless, though, um, you know, you still, this still can very much apply. And I know some younger listener audience can probably still make sense of this. They've been affected by this. Um, but this is from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. This data highlights and disproportionate unemployment of black males in um, comparison to males of different backgrounds, aka different colors. Um, this disparity is particularly pronounced in the 20 to 24 year age range and um, the time when the young, most young adults enter the workforce, which is very true. And I'm sure me and Greg and plenty of other listeners can attest to that. And obviously you guys can't see it, but it is a graph and it breaks it down into different races from whites, blacks, Asian and Hispanic males. And then on the other part of the axis is the unemployment rate by the percentage. Black males are at 15%. White males are at 6%. Asian males are at 9%. And Hispanic males are kind of in between the 6 and 9%. So about probably 7 seven or 8% or so, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're at 15%. We are towering over everybody else. And just backing over into the psychological warfare piece, why is that? What is being put in place to where we cannot seem to succeed when it comes to jobs? You know, and especially we're going to take out the context of if it's not our fault, I haven't been arrested. I don't have any priors. I don't have anything on my record. If I did, it was expunged and it was so minor, you know, or it was just so obviously years ago what is it what is it to where it seems like black males are not to be able to succeed in this part to where it is then affecting their minds you know how are people using their power their authority to push down and put down black males from being able to have a job you know what i'm saying yeah and that's a lot but go right what do you have to say about that what do you what do you think oh I really think this just comes down to Jim. I mean, not Jim Crow, discrimination. Really, just like discriminating against everything that Black people do or are comfortable with doing. Like, are 
you got to wear your hair a certain way. If your hair ain't like this, I'm, I guarantee you, if you got dreads mm. or you wear your natural hair, it's going to be hard for you to get a job because they claim that it's untamed or it's unkept. Like, yeah. That's just our culture, though. That's just how we live. You know, that's that's what we're, you know, how our hair naturally grows. You know, like we can't control that. Why do I have to or why does a woman have to flat iron her hair just to look presentable? You know what I'm saying? Like those are the different type of, you know, discriminations that they use against us, you know, to keep us from getting certain jobs. You know, they say you need a, a master's degree to get this or get this job. You go get that master's degree and then you come back, and try to get that job. And they say you don't have the experience. You go get the experience. You come back, and try to get that job. They say, well, you don't have enough experience. It's just like, what else can I do? It's just yeah. always something, you know, and like in my case, like I told you, I had a, a run in with the justice system. I have them like I took a plea deal because I couldn't afford to keep on going to court. Like that's, that's expensive, you know? Yeah. And it's just like, um, I had that's on my record. I got a misdemeanor assault. I got it down to a misdemeanor assault. So, and even with a misdemeanor, it's hard for me to get a job. Yeah. Like, I've, I've literally had probably over a hundred interviews this summer alone and it's just like every time they'd be like okay man we're gonna give you this uh uh this job offer uh and then they do the run the background check and it's like oh we can't we can't take you in because you have a misdemeanor assault and our clients won't let, uh, allow us to have someone with an assault on their record you know work in this place and it's just like it's a misdemeanor you know what I'm saying? It's not even a felony. Why is it, why is that prevent me from getting a job? But it's just the smallest thing, you know. And I can't even imagine. Yes, it's, it's some companies out here that hire felonies, but I can't even imagine what it's like for someone who has a felony on their record. I can't get a job with a misdemeanor. So I know it's hard for you to get a job with a felony, and that weighs on you heavily. Yeah. Heavily on your mental. Like you just like, bro, I'm trying. I am trying to come out of this hole that I'm in, but I can't do it because I can't get a job or I can't, you know, get housing or whatever. Because even if, if you got a felony on your record, you can't get uh, government assistance or uh, some government assistance. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, it's just like those type of things. Like, it, it's just, it it really weighs on, uh, on the mental state. Like, that could cause you to really just lose it all. Like, because, like I said uh, earlier, you're trying to get to a certain stage. You feel like you got to be at a certain, you know, be considered successful. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't get a job, you can't even, you can't get no money. And money is what determines your success. Yeah. So it's just all those different type of, like, those things that's keeping us from getting to the points that we're trying to get to, which can cause, like I said, cause uh, anxiety or depression or whatever it may be, stress, you know, uh, and you definitely hit it right on the nose when it comes to the part of um, just what uh, you said, the, the consequences are really the result, I should say, that's more the better word, result of when you do hit these roadblocks. Like you said, I have a misdemeanor and 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 then that's and they don't even know the story about what happened. You know, sometimes people just see the label and, and or they 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 stick that label um misdemeanor on you and i know and this is just color off the table as millennials in general you know we all get labeled sometimes and we label and stigmatizing is very um a part of society and very part of people's ways and people like to box you and try to isolate and group people together um you know to make it seem like there's got to be something wrong with you and there's got to be a reason and a justified valid reason why we cannot hire you or why we can't 
or why we can't sign you or why we can't right. deal with you or why we don't want you here or just whatever it may be and this again is talk this can be applied to any situation that anybody is going through as a listener or as somebody they know is going through something similar to this or just um again just similar to this but when but when greg talked about the results of this it says from you know my article what i what i was reading earlier when it comes to the employment rates and, and the facts that apply to it you know when men all millennial men are, are having a hard time um you know with unemployment or just trying to get to yourself to a place where you know where you're comfortable where your needs are met i'm gonna kind of i want to tailor to everybody's situation as best as i can you know when you're having a hard time you know where you i know you're ready to move out of your mother's house and i know you have a son or a daughter that you adore and love but you are trying to get it together you are trying to provide for them this part risk that get involved and inflamed because things are just you're having a hard time because society and, and people and bosses and other people say you can't because of X, Y, and Z. These are the results. Mental health conditions like depression, suicide, long-term illness, alcohol abuse, smoking behavior, and all specific causes of um, mortality. You know, those are some, those are the things that we end up facing. And, sure. and I know we, you, we're kind of, we're beating everything that you're saying. I think like we said, full circle, we're just combining all of what Greg wanted to talk about. Um, you know, you, you asked, how do we combat and correct this? And I'll let you give your opinion and maybe some of your ideas you have. Um, but one thing, again, like I did more research and just thinking in my own mind and own space is you know the, the important question is how do we get there like you may say brandy or greg or whoever or ask yourself how do we get to a part where we can begin to change some of this where black men are getting the space and opportunity to feel they can talk about what they what they feel um can i get to a point where oh my gosh it seems like they're trying they're actually take looking past and not labeling me as a black man or a millennial male who has a misdemeanor has a record and he's a, a rule breaker and etc cetera, etc cetera. how do we get past that um and a big thing with mental health a lot of times one of the contributing factors is the access um is that we, we don't feel like we have access um I, I actually did a really quick like quiz on instagram and how many people have a pcp i mean a primary care physician but and, a, and actually a decent amount higher rates uh, people that answered the question and liked it admitted they had a pcp right and there i think it was about, about eight or ten percent that said they didn't but nonetheless though how often are we all using our benefits right and the big thing with access and benefits is can we afford to pay for them not everybody's job offers fair prices of what it takes to be comp of what it takes to have health care right and to have access to um you know to go to the doctors because one thing i want to let y'all guys know when i said this prior in a couple episodes if you're not comfortable with counseling i'm okay with that i know i want to be a licensed counselor i'm not here to tell you that counseling is the way to go for everybody in every situation like that's not fair for me to put that on greg right he may not have been in that space where he feels like he needed a counselor for his depression he may have been no, admitted for right but you're okay you're saying you would but for the people I that went, don't, I already uh i already i went through counseling at uh centennial hospital really but yeah yeah and you know matter just, of fact, how, how was that for you how, how how do you feel about counseling if you could tell the brothers and just men in general how, how was the counseling experience for you i mean for me personally right. it didn't help me it didn't help me at all okay but it may it may help you know other people you know i'm for the, for my men out there do not be ashamed to go get you know get help you know go to a counselor 
I prefer you find you a black counselor or somebody that can really try to understand, you know, where you're coming from. But for me personally, I just didn't feel like me telling somebody else my problems was going to help my problems, you know, like. Okay. Um, but I mean, it opened my eyes to other things. So it was just like, man, I need to, uh, I just need to educate myself. Like, uh, that's that's how I came out of my depression. I just educated myself, you know, like on who I was. Like, after I realized, like, man, I didn't just come from slate. You know what I'm saying? I came from kings and queens and inventors and educators and mass mathematicians and you know all those different type of people. And I'm just like, man, why am I feeling down when I can I can do something great? You know what I'm saying? Like, the society may make you feel like, man. What, what reason do you feel like you gonna make it? Yeah. Like, I just feel like I'm gonna make it because it's been done before. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we build stuff from dirt. Yeah. Literally. Like, when people say out the mud, bro, black people, we come out the mud for real. Like, we literally can create anything from nothing. Like, yeah. And that's what, that's what helped me realize, like, man, I, I need to, like, I need to come up, bro. Like, it, it's this ain't where I need to be like this depression is not my own fault like you yeah know what I'm, saying? Like, I'm not it's not my fault that I uh that my pocket struggle it's not my fault that my cousin pass or my best friend pass it's not my fault you know what I'm saying like they don't have nothing to do with me that's the system that failed them you know what I'm saying like yeah you know failed my cousin and my my uh my best friend the system failed them like that those those deaths like that it weighed on me heavily but then I had to realize, like, bro, it's the system that's putting you in this position, and it's your job to come up out of it. And what gave me the strength to believe that I could come up out of it is the fact that uh, my ancestors and my elders really were out here creating something out of nothing. Like, literally, when you look back at uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, bro, like, fresh out of slavery, bro, y'all got a whole town full of black businesses and you know, whatever it may be, you know, there's like a whole town, bro, and that's not even the only one. You got Opelousas, Louisiana, my uncle from down there, you know, uh, you got Memphis, uh, Orange Mound to be specific. Like, we've literally done it and continue to do it. Like, I'm, I'm still like here looking at my friends, man. You look at my, um, my line brother Jabbar. Dude really just media team, and now he doing big things. Like, he got his own, uh, and excuse me for promoting, you know what I'm saying? But no, you're uh, fine. he got his own off the dome, you know, rap battle that he put together himself. And it's just like, man, I'm looking at him and I'm just like, bro, I'm proud of you. Like you did that for yourself. Like you literally took nothing and made, you know, a whole platform for yourself. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, why can't I do the same thing? Yeah. I have the ability, so why not? So I started to educate myself. Like, how do I get here? You know, the more knowledge you have, the less room you have for depression. Like depression won't even cross your mind if you got all the knowledge i mean i'm not gonna speak for everybody but for me you know like once i started to you know educate myself you know unlearn and relearn like unlearn what i learned in school which was to me a lot of bs you know because y'all wasn't teaching the whole thing right like, y'all not teaching the whole like slavery is bigger than what we think it was oh and worse than what we think it was you know and it's just like, bro, what y'all teaching us in school was like a watered down version of our history, mm. like severely watered down. So I started to educate myself on my history. And, you know, it's just like, bro, I can make it. 
I can do this. You know, I'm not going to let this, this stress or this depression hold me back, bro, because I really have the ability to make it. Like, Greg gotta... out here dropping gems, y'all. <laughs> like, and, and, and he's saying it in his most just genuine form, you know, so I really hope y'all can really hear that and take that, you know, with this podcast, like, I don't have a certain etiquette, you know, how I want people to come or how I'm even going to come. Like, I want you to say how you feel it and how, and how, how you feel whether God's given it to you or what you, or what you feel like you know is you, right? To operate in exactly yeah. who you know that you are. And he's dropping gems. Like, I can't even, I'm trying to go back through everything, like, as I want to recall it. But, you know, a big thing. And again, this is, and this is, uh, this podcast is to help everybody learn. If you are black, if you are a millennial, if you're not black, nonetheless, if you are a millennial, this is for everybody to learn something and to take something from this. And I hope that you are taking more so from Greg than you even are me, you know, because this, this is why I have him on here. But for a really big thing for us, um, we are like for our millennial men, like, and even women, we come from descendants of royalty. And I remember S.I. Angela Bassett said it one time on Black Girls Rock um, award show that DJ Beverly Bond runs every single year. And we were so lucky at the Tennessee State University, the real TSU had at school <laughs> one time. And I actually got to go to that event and to be able to see her was amazing. But Angela Bassett on the last, I think on the 20, uh, 19 award show you know said that we come from descendants of royalty so when people try to question you and this is still tying into the question um before we get to our last part um how do we combat and correct this disorder so you know before we get into the list of support groups and and counseling services things like that this can really start with you and start at home greg said a big thing educating yourself to know that even in the midst of your depression your anxiety my millennial men and you're having a terrible custody battle with the kids that you love and are working for but it seems like maybe the woman is working against you or the system is working against you where you know you committed a crime you served your time but yet you still you still have gotten a runaround or at the end of this applying to people that you know are going through this guys if it's not you that is perfectly okay but that is it can start with us at home to know and educating ourselves to know that i have a right to be here i have a right to be successful i have a right to do better did i make mistakes am i going through it right now am i very depressed right now yes i am is it okay to feel like that yes it is you're acknowledging how you feel that's a really big component of changing your situation and combating this psychological warfare or just combating the what your mind is is what you feel your mind is doing to your body right and the thoughts that are coming with it of educating yourself you feel like you are depressed or you know that you are depressed before you take the step and going talking to your um pcp or looking at counseling you know referrals and sites start by doing something, this this comes from cognitive behavioral therapy, a lot of times known as um, CBT, a really big technique that, that counselors and therapists like to use is, is listing out, you know, your your negative thoughts. I know it may sound a little scarier, like that's not going to work, Brandy, you know, but it, it, it can. Not everybody, but it, it, just try it. You know, you list out your yeah. negative thoughts, but on the other side of the page, you list out your positive so that you have that written down. It's something about writing down when you're using cognitive behavioral therapy sometimes of what it can do for certain people. Writing it down, like for me, when I write stuff down, it sticks and I see it yeah. and I need to see it. So when you are down, like I said, or you are depressed or you're struggling with suicidal ideation or you're bipolar or schizophrenic or PTSD, it, it, the list goes on, you know, from no diagnosis to, to to a diagnosis 
seeing that can be a really good resource and example and step into the right direction of you know what okay i'm acknowledging that i am not okay i'm not healthy this is not how i want to feel but this is a good start i listed out my strengths and the positives to know that i deserve to be here right and that like you know Greg is obviously like he's in a better and healthy state, which we are so happy to hear that you are, Greg, for sure. Because I want you to be here. I really do. And that's just me being Brandy. I want you to be here because I've been around Greg and he really is cool. He's a, he's a dope man. So to even contemplate or think that you wouldn't be here would really hurt my feelings, you know, and, and on just me again, me being Brandy. But this is where it can start, y'all. And, you know, if you feel like that doesn't work again, Greg spoke on it. Counseling wasn't for him, but it opened his eyes to other things. It didn't work for him. And I know even a black female lady that it did not work for, um, a friend of mine, you know, she said it didn't work for me. She didn't say that it was terrible. She said it just wasn't for me. But to some people, support groups are their thing. So look up the local support groups in your your city and in your state. Look them up. See what's being offered. States actually offer these support groups. In Tennessee, and I'm going to speak to people that are coming from the Nashville listeners, there are support groups that will actually have people come and get you now might be on hold with the with the pandemic but nonetheless though they have people that actually come in and pick you up you don't have transportation to bring you to these support groups you know to show you and and to really make sure you're getting what you need and again that's another example another way to start and combat and figure out how can i get better and how can this change and i'm going to wrap up in and what i have to say and move on to the next part um, um and have greg talk some more is he said educating yourself get online the amount of time we all spend on our phones and look at television get on your phone or whatever and look up what it is that you feel you need so if you feel like you were diagnosed bipolar you feel like you are bipolar please look that up or check out the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders which i've told y'all in like episode one which is like the holy grail of if you want to be a counselor i keep this by my my, on my kitchen table all the time it never leaves me greatly because i'm always in it and it'll tell you i mean from the criteria to the symptoms to the prevalence which is the state or conditioning of a disorder it'll tell you what it is so that if you people try to label you and stigmatize you and say you're bipolar no i'm not I'm actually schizophrenic or no, I'm, I'm not bipolar at all. I'm just struggling with anxiety. You know, it, be educate yourself to know what you're talking about. When you know the, 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 the information and you're confident in it, you cannot, that is a, another great way to, to, to knock down any form of a stigma, any person that's trying to work your mind and play the psychological warfare game that will back them off in a sense to where okay this is not somebody that i can just tell anything to or persuade and, and and warp their mind right um i really made a preach and go so hard i'm so sorry but i just when i get in my mode i get into it and i'm witty um but i think that's a great way like from just i, I just i appreciate greg for saying so many good things i think we need to hear that and again with him being a male i love it even more because he still is telling men what a lot of us need to hear y'all and what y'all need to hear and what y'all need to know and i really hope y'all are able to feed into this and take it and be able to apply it in whatever way um but as we go into our last part greg wanted to talk about what is it that young black adults in the you know in the millennial generation are still searching for you know um why is it are we still trying to search for ourselves like what does that mean um so 
real quick, Greg, like, you know, with when, when you ask that question, or even if you want to share where you're at, I mean, when you, mm-hmm. what, is that, what does that mean for you? Like, do you feel like that we put too much emphasis on searching for ourselves in this time when we make it too stressful or what? No, it's um, it's not that we put too much emphasis on trying to find out who we are, but it's the fact that we don't look in the right places. Okay. Um, so I, I I wrote down that um, you know, why is it that young black men or black adults around twenty to thirty years old are still searching for themselves? Like at this point, I feel like at this point in your life, I feel like you should know, like what what your plans are, what your goals are, what you want to do, and it's okay if you don't. You know, don't get me wrong. Okay. It's okay if you don't. But I feel like that the reason for that is because you, you don't have or some of us don't have the uh, the knowledge of self. You know, we don't know the entirety of our history. You know, we don't study our ancestors and our, uh, you know, and their, their bodies of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, you look back and we, we have so many. We speak on so many. And it's just like, bro, to actually study their work and know what what brought them out of their situation because they, they will tell you like if you look up you read Malcolm X's uh biography it tells you you uh talk about um what's her name uh I can't even think of her name the poet you know Maya Angelou think Maya Angelou okay yeah you think about Maya Angelou and where she came from you know what I'm saying look where she ended up you know like it's just like they'll tell you how they came out of their situations you know and if you read that it might be your same situation you can use that same method to come out of that situation you know like um or use where they came from and where they ended up to figure uh you know where you want to end up you know it's just you know we got to unlearn what we were taught in school Mm -hmm. i feel like that the biggest mistake that we made as a people was in integration we stopped Mm -hmm. teaching our own like you look back at uh the black panther party and what they were doing and teaching you know teaching uh our own people and protecting our own people mm-hmm. and it was a success it, that was a like i feel like a successful time or a successful period for black people because we were uh supporting our own you know rewrite rewriting the narrative like we have somebody else trying to narrate our story like yeah the government is trying to tell us who we are instead of us telling them like oh no i'm not that i'm this yeah. You know, I'm A, B, C, D. You know, I'm great because of A, B, C, D. You know, I can do this. You know, not I'm a criminal or I got, uh, you know, they, they, it's so many stigmas that they put on us. And it's just like, man, I'm none of that. I'm so much, I'm so much greater than what you, you know, think I am. Yeah. You know, you may ride down the street. Like, I know, uh, sometimes when I drive somewhere, I just have on a, a, a white beater, you know. And you might pull up at the light next to a white person. They give you this look like, you know, like he, he look like he's dangerous. Like I'm not dangerous. If anything, I'm scared of you. Yeah. You, know, you look back in history. If I wanted to, you know, put a stereotype on you, you a white person. I've seen what y'all done in the history. I've seen what, what y'all doing to us now. Like I'm, I'm scared of you if anything, but I don't put that stereotype on them because I don't know that person personally. Right. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, uh, and you don't know who I am. You don't know where right. I'm at in my life. And exactly. and I think, right. you know, and I, I'll go ahead and let you finish, but I think that's really what, you know, a big thing is. And when it comes to searching, I think that that word and just that topic, it, it'll it'll be different with every millennial. And I think that, like you said, yeah. that's okay. That's perfectly okay for everybody to have a different response of how they feel and 
what their stance is on when it comes to, to to searching in our community. But I'll say my piece. But what I'll go ahead and let you finish. What was your what was your your um last words with, with that? What you had to say? Um, it's just that uh, you know, um, when it comes to learning about yourself, you know, searching for yourself, I feel like that uh, it would make it easier if you were to educate yourself on where you came from and who you you know your legacy. Uh-huh. Like we all we all have a legacy. If you educate yourself on that, you know, on your ancestors' work, and you know the entirety of your history and the, and the knowledge itself, and it would make it easier to find that self work. You know, like it, it's just like uh, if you don't know nothing about yourself, how can you know yourself? You know what I'm saying? You don't, and your you are what your ancestors did. Hmm. And I'm not talking about the slavery. I'm not talking about that. We not slaves. We like let go of that. Uh, we didn't really touch on it, but let go of that post-traumatic slave syndrome. And I yeah. want y'all to look that up when y'all get the chance. And uh, at the end of the podcast, we're going to drop some, you know, some references for y'all. But, you know, let go of that post-traumatic slave syndrome and, and just start to educate yourself on who you really are. Because you were not slaves. You do not come from slaves. You come from creators. You come from educators, uh, you know, mathematicians, uh, builders. You know, it's just like we do everything and are capable of doing everything you just have to know that you are capable of doing that instead of trying to you know follow the narrative that they wrote for us yeah like that's why i said uh you know uh psychological warfare and how they control the media and what we see you know we don't really get to see you know successful black people in the media and if they are successful they they doing some retarded stuff like terry cruz and i'm just like bro what are you talking about you don't even know what you're talking about like and those are the type of people that they putting on the forefront you know what i'm saying it's just like if you educate yourself on where you really come from there won't be any room for self-hate there won't be any room for them to discriminate because at that point you're gonna be like oh if y'all don't want to give me the opportunity i can make it happen for myself yeah cool you don't want to let me be a part of this business okay cool i'll just go make my own business and i'm gonna shut you down literally and like that's that's how i feel like we can come out of this you know come out of these uh these uh combat these uh these this order that we uh experience in our communities like just educate yourself uh support your own rewrite the narrative like those are the things that i wrote down like you just gotta know like i'm capable of doing this yeah you know what i'm saying and once you see the support come and black people support black people like white people not gonna support us like that you know like they ain't gonna give that that startup business you know like the the respect that they deserve you know yeah. like it's it, it can weigh on you mentally like it's just like bro i just started this business i'm not getting no support but if our black people support our own black people that that right there can you know put you in a space where you're like man i can really do this yeah. like and we can and that's what I, I i look back and i like to use i was talking to somebody the other day when it comes to supporting our own people i like to use the asians the asian community uh as a reference if you look at them bro they have uh nail salons uh clean uh cleaners you know uh chinese food restaurants you know beauty supply and they support their own if you go to any one of them places you won't see any other ethnicity in there but the asian community yeah and you just like dang you know you ain't gonna hire no you know no black people no white folks nothing and i'm not saying don't hire no you know when you start your business if you start a business or whatever it may be i'm not saying don't hire anybody but our own people but look at our people first because we need that opportunity you know what i'm saying like it's hard it's hard enough out here 
you know, for us to get a get an opportunity. So why not get an opportunity from our own people? And you know what I'm saying? Like stuff like that can help us come out of these, you know, these mental disorders that we're uh, experiencing, such as depression, anxiety, stress. You know, like we can come out of that because the key reasons for us experiencing those things are because of the narrative that they wrote for us. Like they told us who we should be, you know, put it on the media, you know, um, my dad used to always say that uh, if you don't, the white people used to always say, uh, if you don't want a black person to know something, put it in a book because we didn't like to read. Yeah. But when you start to educate yourself, it's just like, hold on. Y'all was really trying to hide this easy way to make some money from me? Like, come on now. And now I know about it. Now I can go make, create opportunities for me and my people. Like, right. it's, it's a community. Like I said, we got to get back to that village, that village mindset or that village mentality. Like, we really have to work for each other. And it's not because we hate white people. It's not because we hate Asians. It's not because we hate nobody. It's because we love ourselves. And then once we get that, once we start to love ourselves, then there, there won't be any room for, you know, for them to, to discriminate against us. Because, okay, you don't want me here? Cool, I'm gonna go over here where the black folks are. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they gonna wanna come to our spaces because we just do everything better. I'm sorry, I mean, that's just facts. Correct. If you just look at everything and I'm not, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. Like, if you look at everybody, like they they out here trying to darken their skin. You know, you got the Kardashians stealing, literally stealing everything that they created from black people. Like, Fashion Nova doing the same thing, but yet we still support these these companies instead of supporting the, the original creator that is a black person. Like, and that like right there can, like I said, weigh on you mentally because if you don't get that support, you just like, man, I, maybe I can't do this. But right. in reality, you can because all it takes is for somebody to support you. Like it's literally all it takes, and we just gotta support our own. And that's what I hear a lot coming from you. Um, like to kind of tie everything because Greg Greg said a lot. I think of great stuff, and I hope everybody was able to pull something from all what he said. Um, to tie that all back together, and so you know why is it that young black adults and millennials, and uh, again millennials in general, but you know obviously emphasizing on the black black community why is we are still searching for ourselves what i feel like from everything that you shared and said is maybe a uh one of the multiple contributors or even a big contributor and i think even greg is not saying oh this is what you do this is just going to be automatic you know there are many ways you can get to finding self right um a lot of that comes from within and like he's saying he's tying that and again what i feel like he's saying is that for us for our community if you look around and look for the positive and look at the platforms and the people that are here for the support i mean every day i'm following a new plat i'm following a new person or group organization that is that message and platform is so amazing because they are teaching about black women pregnancy and, and the health of when you're pregnant. They're, I'm following, I follow a couple of licensed social workers, male, black male social workers, therapists, and psychologists that create, have, that have and hold virtual conversations via Zoom and via Instagram Live, guys, that are talking about these things, that are, you know, that are telling you, you have support. You know, we are here. Your community is here. And yes, I'm not minimalizing, nor am I trying to ignore the fact that we have a lot of things that are wrong in our society, too. So people that are not a part of our community, trust me, we are very well, very um, aware of the things that we do that are wrong. Like, our, even, you know, not to get into too much of it, but black on black crime. 
the the jealousy, the, the competition that we try to play with each other. These can be these can be the limits and these can be the restraints you put on yourselves and we put on each other of why we may have a hard time finding self, why it feels like we are still searching and still so lost because we're too busy looking at culture, not looking at about then not looking at the right people. You're looking at the wrong things sometimes. You're feeding your mind, your body, and everything the wrong amount of stuff. If you feed it garbage all the time and you hang around a crowd that is producing nothing but garbage for you, you cannot expect to wake up and even be upset and question why do I not know myself or why am I in this predicament? Well, let's look at some of the contributing what factors. Putting in your mind. What you're putting in your mind. Look at the eyes you know, are eternal to the soul, man. The eyes are eternal to the soul, and that and and I love that. I've never heard of that, but I love it. And um, you know, but that, that that that's still so true. You know, and I, and I and I appreciate Greg for just even saying that. You know, again, he's he's saying, you know, look around. You have people that are here. You have businesses. You have you have a lot of black strong smart intelligent people and this is to anybody in any field or whatever you aspire to do there there is a producer that'll support you there is another business owner that will grant you that you know that will extend you um, a financial contribution to your business because they remember what it was like to be in your position so many things that we are here like that our community is here i know we have a lot of improvements and we have a lot of things to to work on because every every social class and every racial class does right everybody has things they need to improve on but understand that you are maybe wondering why you feel like you don't know yourself or you feel lost maybe change the narrative on what you are choosing to surround feed yourself mentally spiritually physically all of that what are you choosing to do and turn change change what you're doing change your page um you do you know if you're search explore page only consists of or even your friend groups or your text messages or what you watch only consists of again garbage and things that are not helping you that are not going to pursue you again that's when that could be a potential reason why you do feel so lost um so again greg greg hey it was amazing just having you on here um as we do head into the wrap up, uh, I'm gonna give Greg here in a second the opportunity to share some of the resources or the references that he does have that he does want to make known, um, whether they're a business or whether it is a help hotline or whatever. Um, but for me, um, please understand, guys, I do plan to see this men's series, bro. We go through it too. Um, forward with a definitely a couple more episodes for sure with more male guest speakers um, millennial male guest speakers one here because I think it's just so important and again this is just this is for both genders of the millennial community male female or whatever you choose to identify yourself as I do want to make sure I incorporate that in there because everybody's orientation is different um, yeah. but nonetheless though um, a big thing I want one resource I do want to share because that was part of um, Greg's story and even part of Kobe's story and in the first episode of this series is the National Suicide Prevention um, um, you know, hotline and lifeline. Um, this is really important and I'll continue to drop more of these as um, episodes do p- progress. But I do want to list that number in case anybody is contemplating, considering, or has a full-blown plan because suicide can be done in different forms, guys. It doesn't always have to be a plan or a written note. Sometimes people have these thoughts months prior to even considering going out to buy 
whatever they thought to buy to do what they wanted to do right so i'll say my piece the number for the national suicide prevention lifeline is 1-800-273-8255 again 1-800-273-8255 and that is there all the time 24 hours a day if you guys need it um and again greg thank you thank you for sharing your story thank you for just giving me your time and your presence on this but um i'll turn it over to you and um also guys one more thing um please continue to subscribe share with your family your friends other millennials um please and and just let them know about this tell me what you think leave me and greg comments on spotify google podcast apple apple podcast please rate this leave comments tell us what you didn't like what you did like give us everything you possibly can follow um, our social media accounts i'll have greg list his but for mine on instagram um i am going to be expanding to other sites right now i just am on instagram um for those who may ask or wonder um the millennial millennial minds brand that's my page my personal page is underscore sincerely be underscore and then now i'll turn it over to greg all right. Um, uh, I want to thank you for allowing me to come on your show first and foremost. Uh, yeah. I appreciate this opportunity. Uh, and before I give my re- references, I did want to touch on uh, one more thing. Yeah. Um, black people, stop the competition between black people. Our competition is not us. Support and help us. I don't care if if it's the lgbtq you know what i'm saying if they religion is different from yours you know what i'm saying they believe in something whatever it is it's protect black people protect the melanin that's all you need to see it don't matter what you know what they believe they are you know what they claim or you know whatever it may be whatever the difference is the the similarity is that we are all black and we all experiencing the same troubles me and women is we all experiencing the same struggles in different forms so support and protect us and with that being said um if you want to look into um post-traumatic slave syndrome uh look up dr degray i believe that's how you say that uh dr degray she has a a a book on ptss uh it is called uh well i had it up but it's called it's just called a ptss book you just look up dr degray joy degray uh you can also look up the isis paper by uh, dr francis chris uh wilson um the psychopathic racial personality by bobby e wright and uh in that one i would prefer you to really pay attention to the first paragraph in that one um cultural cultural misorientation also by bobby e wright um what else i got uh a critical analysis a critical analysis of post-traumatic slave syndrome a multi-generational legacy of slavery by sherry renee hicks um uh i had a lot of stuff on here you could read man but uh just really look into it uh post-traumatic stress i mean post-traumatic slave syndrome uh psychological warfare system oppression uh start to educate yourself on deeper history than just slave slavery like it's deeper than that uh read more into uh people like dr martin king uh 
Malcolm X. It's their their stories are deeper than what you what you believe. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, no, I, thank I, you. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Go ahead and drop your go ahead and drop your handle so we know how to follow oh, you oh. in case um, any man or anybody wants to reach out and maybe you know thank Greg for sharing or just he has anything for him. Uh, my Instagram is Creative Negus and that's Q R E A T I V E period N E G U S. And then my uh, Twitter is Q R E A T I V E M I N D underscore. Um, you can catch me talking about a lot of this stuff on, on Twitter because I'll be going in every day. Uh, this, this, this Greg got the Twitter fingers, guys. Greg has Twitter man, fingers. I got some um, real Twitter fingers, man. This is just what I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about black people. That's literally my passion. I want to help us come out of this period that we in. You know, we've been dealing with this for numerous years. It's, 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 it's been too long. It's time for us to come up out of this. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm passionate about. So you got any questions or you just want to talk or whatever it may be, you can hit me up on those uh, platforms. Um, yeah. Well, that's thank you, Greg. Um, no, and I, I appreciate you. And I really hope again that every and anybody that's going to listen to this um, really was able to take something away from this. And of course, please follow my accounts. And if you would love to be on the show or or you have something you want to share, or if you don't want to, but you have a topic you would like to be discussed, um, for whether it's coming from a woman for a male standpoint or a man um, for your own standpoint, please, please do not hesitate to leave that on the comments and rating section of the platforms you're choosing to listen um, listen to this on, or again, reach out to our handle accounts and you know, we, I'll definitely get back to you and love to just talk with you and just, I hear anything guys, whether it's positive or improvements of feedback. Um, I love it, I need it. Um, we appreciate you and this is why we do this. I think just these conversations can um, are just so powerful and, and that's the reason why you know, I started this anyways and why I feel that God put this on, you know, on my heart and, and in my life to to put this out. So again, this is this is con- concludes <laughs> episode two of the Ben series. Bro, we go through it too. Guys, please stay tuned. Um, I'll be dropping another episode next month. It'll be two episodes every month now. I want to make sure I put that out there. Um, I've just been working really hard on things but yes um what we go through to will be continuing with the next new guest um but greg thank you for your time and we will see you guys on the next episode of the millennial mind the mental health podcast all right thank you so much man y'all stay blessed up prayed up meditate all that you know what i'm saying good energy and positivity to all y'all i'll shave okay thanks guys